Welcome to Football Talk. Uh, you know, in fact, I don't even want to do this anymore. I couldn't give a if you want the freaking Champions League, bro. Just cut the pod. Cut the pod. I'm done. <laughs> what a way to start, bro. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you know, that presser has been in my mind, like, ever since you did it. Because I saw it live, dude, and I just started dying. But, bro, yeah. that's the mood for the rest of the year. I'm not even going to lie. You already know the vibes, dude. You already know. But yeah, guys, welcome to Football Talk. Today, we're going to be, obviously, focusing on, you know, the Chelsea boys and most recent successes. Um, I'm here with my usual suspect, Simba. But today, we've got a special guest as well. Chelsea Ultra, Tabo. What's going on, John? Kabiuni, <laughs> Kabiuni. How's it, guys? How's it? How's it? Nah, it's flowing, bro. It's flowing. How, how are things you're saying? Nah, I'm buzzing, bro. I'm buzzing, enjoying the dub. <laughs> As it's meant to be, dude. As it's meant to be, because ah, no, it's been a long no, time no, coming, dude. 2012, bro. Nah, man. It's it's been way too long. But yeah, um, we're gonna go straight into it, and we're going to go bit by bit. Like we're gonna have first things first. Obviously, we're gonna have expectations versus reality. And Simba, I want you to hit this one first. Like Simba. In comparison to what you expected and what actually happened, like set us through, set us through your your bars. Like, what what were your levels? Oh man, um, I'm not even gonna lie, bro. I remember we actually did an EP on this early before the season started, and for me, I was just like, with the amount of the signings that we've made and the direction we're going in, I expected us to, you know, at least challenge in the Premier League. Um, comfortably secure top four which was not the, the case but I wanted a trophy but I didn't say which trophy I just said I wanted a trophy whether it be a domestic cup and I remember saying this like I just want a trophy and of course that didn't play out the way I expected it to be as smooth as it was we went into of course we had a good run then January hits we had in December hits then we had that slump in form January we were we looked like a totally a team with no identity we were a team that lost our lots of ideas and you know as for me, I was actually at the point like, rah, I had no hope, you know, and I expect, I didn't expect this to be this bad at that point. And it just got me thinking, you know, so that was my expectation for the season. Like, I expected us to win something. Then the reality, yo, that was mad. We ended up securing top four, which was amazing. We ended up winning the trophy that I didn't expect us to win, but I had a sneaky feeling we could do something. And wow, it's it's amazing how a short turn turnaround can just play out like that, you know, bro. So yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. I think this season has been a mixture of everything really from I know we're gonna touch upon the topic, the high it's definitely started off on a high, then it went to a bit of a low to end off on a high again. So it's just been a roller coaster and yeah, that's what we do at Chelsea fam. It's never boring day at Chelsea. Yeah, they they actually put it out nicely. There's never there's never a boring day being at Chelsea. Like it's it's actually just one of those things that it's either you're up here or you're down bad. There's no in between. You're either like yeah, you're either over the moon or just yeah, down bad. How about you, Tabo? Like what what were your expectations compared to what actually happened? Um like like you said, obviously it's been a mixture of it's been a mixture of everything in the season. Obviously finishing fourth last year and making all these signings, breaking our transfer record, getting a new full bag, Thiago Silva, I mean 
things were looking amazing, bro. Like, everyone saying Frank was the reason they came. I thought, like, we were going to challenge, like Diggy said. I was looking forward to it. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, the season just went downhill, bro. Like, Frank isolating players, putting them on the fringes of the squad. Proper players, squad players, like Rudiger, who made an excellent challenge against Bowling was on. In the final. And yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see Franco. I thought he deserved more time. But yeah, my expectation under Frank didn't reach reality. So we had to move on and we got two short. And I must say, like, even though we finished fourth, I don't know how Leicester managed to bottle it against Spurs. But even though we finished fourth and we still won the Champions League, I think, yeah, it's been a mix of both negative and bad, but I'm leaning more to the good side since we won the Champions League, I think. Yeah, I think I agree with the fact that, like, the Champions League papered up a few cracks. A few cracks that were arguably left by Frank Lampard, if you ask me, like, moving into my expectations <laughs> and reality. <laughs> Like, like if, like, like what Chabo was saying, like, dude, we signed T Silva just as we thought, just as I thought that, okay, we can challenge, we break our transfer records for Havertz, and I'm like, okay, now we're serious, things can actually like materialize, we can fight for the title there. Then, yeah, the capitulation began where we weren't losing and we weren't winning, you know. We jumped into a game at Old Trafford and we drew nil-nil in a game that we could have easily dominated. We complained about VAR multiple times, but I think. Yeah, it was just papering over the cracks. People complained that they saw no identity at Chelsea. You know, like, we, in terms of what was happening in the first half of the season and what I expected, like, reality was, like, way below. And uh, it, was, it was tough. I think the West Brom games <laughs> just showed, you know, like the Premier League form. Like West Brom, in aggregate this season, scored more goals than we uh, scored more goals against us than we conceded in our entire Champions League campaign, you know. So it just just shows like that first half of the season. Ah, yeah, it was just down down horrendous. But now, like, yeah, if you ask me at the start of the season, even with the signings, I wouldn't have said that our ah, Champions League were copying. I thought. I thought that the FA Cup was ours. Um, Tillemans proved me wrong. But yeah, um, from the start of the season, I thought the FA Cup was ours. I wasn't looking at the Prem because, you know, I was, I was scared to say, okay, we're going to win the Prem. And then, yeah, look, back-to-back season finishing fourth. Not bad, but not great. So hopefully we can improve on that next season. But yeah, those those are my expectations. And our reality, I don't know, it's a mixed bag. Like I said, we did win the FA Cup, but we won the Champions League. And the league showing just, like, balances things out. So, yeah. But, I mean, you'd rather have a Champions League than an FA Cup at the end of the day. So I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be a Chelsea fan. As, as as we've been rubbing, I don't know about you guys, I've been rubbing it in people's faces, like putting it all over my WhatsApp status, Instagram. I've, I've been making sure people know, even people who don't watch football, I've just been like, hey, listen, just in case you never heard, Chelsea are champions of Europe. So, yeah, that's basically the agenda that I've been on lately. And we've already touched on it, but uh, Simba, take us through, let's just say, since we've already touched on it a bit, what is your what was your biggest high this season as a Chelsea fan and what was the lowest low? Oh, you're already putting me on the spot today. I'm on the spot, you know. Bruno's gonna come take my penalty, you know. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> that XG is already set. <laughs> Get the XG out, man. Get the XG out. They're coming. Man, um, wow. I don't know, bro. I think the high for me is. I'm not even gonna lie to us dunking on Pep three times. Like, look, you know, it's just, you know, I admire Pep Guardiola so much. He's like one of the goats. And Tuko just coming in and beating this man three times in a row without him having a clue on how to beat him. 
it's just for me it's just like the biggest high for me and that's and all, all of that's just um, cultivated into us winning the Champions League so I think that's the biggest high for me the biggest low I think honestly I'm just gonna have to say is the FA Cup thing and the reason is because I know yeah we were quite easily we were robbed um, but then again it's not an excuse that we should have lost that game. I feel like we didn't put out our best team. And yeah, one moment, Elements goes and scores. They, they win one now. And just for me, I remember I told Tawanda this. I think in our group, we didn't even say anything until like Monday. Like, um, Stephen, good, you know, we were all heartbroken. Chelsea fight. We're all heartbroken. And I think that was just like the moment I was like, if we can play like this against Leicester, if we go into that Man City game like this, are we actually going to get something? So it was one of those ones like, yeah, it was that was the biggest low for me. But yeah, it was hard to take. Uh, of course, now I've won the Champions League and then I'm still buzzing over it. But then it's just like that one was like, if only we could have um, done something better, we could have had a double. But yeah, um, we can't dwell on the past too much. Yeah, that's, that, that's a problem. Like you can't uh, think about it too much, but it's something that will have to be addressed. And I think, I mean, if you look at the season, like you did those last two weeks of the season, you did address it. You saw that, okay, you need to make a few changes in terms of final preparation, not only preparing against City. So I think he kind of did, he kind of like compensated in the Champions League final. What about you, Tabo? Your biggest high, lowest low? Obviously, I think it goes without saying that the Champions League has been the highest of highs. I mean, it's our first Champions League since 2012. I was writing Zimzik in 2012, can you imagine? But yeah, um, you said, um, touched on the FA Cup final. For me, I had a sneaky feeling we're going to lose the FA Cup final. Leicester, they've just wanted it more. It's their first, I think it's their first trophy ever. Like, major, major trophy since the Premier League, obviously. But yeah, I always felt like they might have wanted it more and they would have worked for it. So I think I'll pick my lowest low would have been Arsenal doing a double on us this year. That personally, for me, that hurt. And uh, I don't know how we managed to do that. First was a 3 you know, I think. And then That's a good it was one. 1-0. I don't know if I'm right. Yeah. That's a good one. Arsenal I think the first, the first one was 3-1, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first one was 3-1. Yeah, that's how cataclysmic in a nutshell. We lost to Arsenal, home and away. And look where they ended up. They're, they're, not, even Euro- they're not even in European competition, fam. Like, okay, yes, I'm not going to be right. Like, it's the first time in 25 years. Dude. All that year. Like, this. basically, we're the only reason that they stayed in the top half of the table. Because we gave them six points. Which is... Yeah, dumbfounding. But then, for me, obviously, like what Tabo said, biggest eye, that Champions League, man, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. Like, ah, I was all over the place. Like, I was, throughout the game, I was tense, but then, you know, the final result was definitely worth it. And then, ah, my lowest low, I've already pointed it, uh, I've already pointed it out, like, a bit in this pod already, but like, um, the dominance that we got shown by West Brom, that was embarrassing. By both Lampard and Tuchel. Like, that was, yeah, ah, that was embarrassing, if you ask me like those are points you see like the Arsenal games like Tabo mentioned and the West Brom games those are points those were season deciders like I'm sure like if we the first time if we beat West Brom we're probably going to be I think top two in the Prem then we lost that and then there was a slump and then as Thomas was you know getting new to the team I think we would have jumped into the top three top two there as well if we beat West Brom we jumped into it acting like it's a must win we lost that stuff too Um, I don't know did we lose a draw I think we lost no 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 we lost the West lost. Brom game under we drew we drew yeah. under Frank yeah so Exactly. Which is mad. Um, but anyway, like just in case anyone asks you, um, like since Frank drew under West Brom and Thomas lost, like you can already see the levels. There's, there's levels to. <laughs> now nah, playing. Oh my days, man is already pulling. Ah, he's smoking the Frank pack, man. Yo. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, man. I was I was telling Diggy earlier that hey, I, uh, since we won the Champions League and that like is is Frank Lampard getting his medal? Like, I mean, he did coach us through the group stages in top spots. I mean, um, he went up beaten. Exactly. Um, this is not the credit awards, bro. We don't <laughs> give credit, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No, respectfully, yeah. But you know respectfully. what? Yeah, go, go, you know, go. When, when, Bads, when Bads was building up to, to tell us about his lowest low of the season, I thought you were going to say Man City at the bridge when we lost 3-0. Our midfield. Frank made Kante look wacky. Our midfield looked clueless. Our pressing mm. did not have any order. They outplayed us. I was so embarrassed, guys. I was so embarrassed of their performance. Nah, like, yeah, that, see, that's one of the things that just showed, like, I don't think Frank, like, knew what he was doing at Chelsea. Not not saying that he didn't know what he was doing, like, he wasn't the manager. Nah, he's the manager. But, like, I think he didn't know what to do with the players that he had. Like, putting, um... Uh, putting Kante where he was and then subbing and making him look bad. I, I don't know, man. It, you made Kante look mediocre and that was crazy. Simba, you got something to say? Of course, of course. Yeah, like, I, I, I agree with Tabo. I mean, that game for me, I actually forgot about it. But man, that game was just horrendous. As Tabo said, it made Kante look bad. It just generally made everyone look so mediocre. And I think that game was like the first time I was questioning, like, really, is he, is Frank really the guy for us? Like, I don't want to continue to talk about Frank Lampard as my manager. I talk about him as a player, but it's one of the first times that I actually started questioning his tactical intelligence and whether he knew what he was doing. And it was mad, bro. It was mad. It was, I don't even know how to say it. But even just going back onto my point about the medal thing, just to answer Tawanda's thing, I don't think, I think you should get credit for introducing and blooding in the, the youth players. That's one thing I'll give him credit for. I mean, bringing in Reese, bringing in Tammy, Mason, Tamori, even though he looks like he's going to leave, Gilmore, um, Hudson, all these guys. I think he deserves credit for that. You cannot take that away from him. But to say that now we should give him credit for what he did in the Champions League, I think it's too much of a stretch because if we're keeping it real, the group wasn't hard. Sevilla was the only tough, only tough team in that group. If we're keeping it real, so even if Tuchel did um, manage us in that period, he would have probably still gotten more or less the same points or even more. But even saying that as well, going to the quarterfinals before Frank was even sacked, people were saying, "Let's go licking their lips." They're like, "Yeah, right, we're gonna." sweep these guys also but everyone was reeling us out once we beat Atletico all of a sudden the narrative changed and we were now considered as the top dog so of course I agree that yes give them credit where it's due about blooding in players but then to say we should give them credit for the Champions League run I don't think that's fair because you might as well give AVP credit as well for Di Matteo winning the Champions League you might as well give Scolari's credit as well for what he went good sitting one the FA Cup, you know, so it doesn't make sense for me. I mean, I get, I, I get that because, like, I mean, there's a reason that he's out of the job in the first place. It's because he couldn't sustain, you know, that the performances. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that invalidates that. But then, um, as we all know, we jumped out of Frank. We jumped into T squared Thomas Tuchel. He came and absolutely lifted the team. Like, Tabo, just take me through, like, the Tuchel experience so far, this half-season that we've had with him. Like, how would you sum it up? I think, firstly, he came in and sorted our defensive issues out. 
immediately going back to a back three and defensive shape of the back five. I think that gave the team confidence to go out and play, believe in themselves that they can go score a goal, even though our finishing has been terrible this season. But yeah, he's man-managed. He's brought players back into the fold, uh, the likes of Alonso. I remember when he first game, Alonso back, he scored, and everyone was talking about Joao now fighting for his place, and now look at Joao performing. And yeah, try and show out at wing-back. I don't think any of us, yeah, if we got the Chelsea job, would ever put Joao uh, at wing-back. That turned out pretty well, I think, but now he's kind of a rotation now player, now we'll see what happens with him next year. But I think Tuchel just came and put order into the team, let everyone know what their role is in the team, and just, yeah, just got everyone ticking and playing, believing in the same system, and that's got us a huge reward in the Champions League, and I'll forever be grateful for Tuchel. Thank you very much. <laughs> Tuchel has been, I don't know, for me, legend in my books, simply because of this. Even though he's only been in the job for how long? Six, seven months? Yeah, I think legend. <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 read, I read the fact that, like, you know, he came back and absolutely, yeah, well, he didn't come back. He came in and actually just, you know, <laughs> scrapped everything. And he said, okay, I'm starting from scratch. He had little time to think, okay, how am I going to show up this defense? He said, okay, slapping three at the back. And everyone else, you know, jumping into that Burnley game, you see, you see three at the back and like, okay, this is really strange, you know. But then it worked. I mean, it, it worked. We got a no-no against Burnley. That wasn't the time that we knew that it worked. But we could see, like, promise in the formation. Um, Vicky mentioned it earlier as well that he brought back French players. Rudiger didn't have a sniff in. Um, you know, players like Alonso, you mentioned that Tabo, they didn't have a sniff in the lineup. And you know, the competitive factor then showed like, okay, uh, Alonso says he scores. Chua, what are you going to do? Because there was, there was actually a point in time where Chua was struggling to get into the team because of Alonso's performances, right? Even Kepa seemed to have like, a better initiative and goal and i think that's only because of like not i think with Kepa, for example i think he just needed a change in mentality like i'm not saying that he's fully back but he's back on the right path maybe he can be like you know sold to a decent price <laughs> later on in the season but um considering the race see silver i think christensen i don't know christensen has just had this thing where he's improved as every manager has come and now he's just gone up a level with two also, I don't know. Like I think he's just he's just gonna keep constantly improving. Um, yeah, Tuchel's tactical choices are amazing for me. Like, um, despite the Leicester loss, I think it was really smart to make Reese James the inside centre back and Ashley guard wide. I mean, it worked for Vardy. It's just that you know that one lapse that Tabo mentioned for Telemans to actually score. Otherwise, Reese on Vardy was actually one of the smartest things that was done in that whole final um and even his reaction to pip playing with no cdn like most people would have been confused but he you know like i i was reading on the athletic that you know he studied a pip graphic for two hours and that's you know when you read something like that you're like okay this is the manager that i want he's dedicated to the team i don't know about you Jiggy. how how would you feel about the t squared experience so far and we will build a team that nobody wants to play against. That's just... Yeah, bro. I mean, I'll hold my hands up. I remember when, when we're looking into managers, I kind of remember this very vividly. I, I think Chuko was probably my third choice or second choice. And not because he's not a, he's not a great manager. I, he's a world-class manager. But I just felt like maybe we needed someone different. And he came in and immediately um, changed the way we played. Like, even what Tavo said, we went... 
he knew the problem because I, I was even, uh, I think after he was sacked, he was looking at our team very extensively and he was um, looking at certain players and all that. So he already knew, like, okay, I'm going to go to this team, make them switch them up to a back three because that's what they're comfortable at right now because we don't have the, the right profile players to be playing um, back fours or what. Um, back fours or any other formation at the present moment of time. So he came and did that and immediately you saw a change. Like um, French players came out of the, the court looking at your Christiansons, who's for me, he's just had a remarkable turnaround man. and I hold my hands up as well. Like he stepped up, Rudiger, Tawanda knows Mr. Hustle. I always call him Mr. Hustle. He is literally, uh, I'm in love with him. Man, I really want him to sign a new contract because he's just shown that mentality, you know, that fighter warrior. And I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen him in games where he carries the ball and he starts dribbling and he starts messing about and then he went to Safar and just like, and this is, this is not taking the piss, you know, but stuff like that, you know, just under Frank, you didn't see that, you know, as he's all known before and ever, as ever knows now that. Certain players weren't being given a look in, and that was probably the main problems as well. So Tuko's come in and he's done his job, man management and all that, made sure that everyone is staying in the loop, everyone's staying positive, you know, and that's what you need when a team has been so fractured and divided. You need to bring that positivity so that you can all achieve the common goal. And that's what one of the things I'll praise him for. And also bring his tactical nous and all that, like, as I said before, he came in and he's made us look competitive against every team. I don't think, I know we've played bad games, but I don't think apart from maybe the West Brom game and the list, the Arsenal game, I don't think we really played any other game where we played really poor. I think those are the games that stood out to Maybe you guys can remind me, but I think those are the games where yeah, we didn't do too well. Even Arsenal as well. I think yeah, Arsenal, we weren't great. But apart from that, we've, all, we've looked competitive in all our games and looked comfortable. And even against the big teams, under Frank, people were already hoping, wish, people were already preparing for the worst. But all of a sudden, against big teams, people were confident. And just translated to um, the Man City, the games as well. I mean, as I said before, he dunked on Pep three times, literally. I don't know any other manager who's come in and literally dunked. Guardiola that to the point that Pep went into that final not knowing what to do and it still shocks me I mean again I'll play devil's advocate but I feel like Pep didn't know what to do like he didn't know how to start because if you look at that game as well we played them three times and in those two times we played the two DMs and you still beat him so now it's a case of do I continue playing with the same DMs or let me try something different ultimately it didn't pay off so I think stuff like that just gets you thinking like we've actually got ourselves a, a very a top top manager in our at our club and he's really changed everything and for me as a fan I'm happy to have him here I know people cried over Frank Lampard saying ah oh, Frank Frank's a legend but I don't think now you can say that it wasn't a bad choice because people always come and complain about the board saying ah oh, the board we second and higher managers, which I'm not in favor of, of course, but then the board know when it's time to pull the trigger. And this time proved to be a masterstroke. So yeah, um, for me, he's done an exceptional job. Um, I can't wait until next season, really. I, I can't see what he does now, how he implements these new tactics when he's got a preseason and to really 
um, take us to the next level that we've been crying out. Yeah. Nah, I like I like the way that you put that out, and even the way that you're talking about Rudiger. Um, I remember this like one presser that I saw uh, before Thomas landed to Chelsea, and you're you're talking about freedom of expression, and you're saying you know stuff like I'll give you like not exactly the blueprint of how I want to play, but I'll give you a certain idea of how I want to play, and then you can then like make your own decisions within that blueprint you know it's like yeah being put in a class being put in a school and saying okay but you can pick what subjects you want you know what subjects you fit in the most and i think that's what happened with rudiger like he just happened to then feel more comfortable in how he played i think even with mason because remember i think with with frank mason i was playing as a center mid that's a lot of pressure for someone like mason who's like a already like a sit aggressive eight um, number 10, you know, it's either you want him at that aggressive camp position dropping back compared to that center mid position going forward, you know, stuff like that. And I think those little things, those little things that Tuchel has made has changed the game completely. Simba. So even just to touch upon that point, bro, like when you even talk about Mason, like players like Mason who are playing as center mids as well. I mean, look at all the other players, even like Kai who was being played as a midfielder. He's now playing up front and you can see the difference that he makes. You can see a lot of players that were, of course, on paper, that was, they were playing, on paper, they were playing those positions. But then when you see them in game, they weren't really contributing too much. And that's another thing you have to give credit to, to Tuka as well, you know. So, yeah, that's all I want to say. I think Tabo wanted to just slide in there. Yeah, just adding on your point there about Tuchel, I suspect the way he's coming and learned everyone so quickly, so well, makes me suspect Frank was sacked months ago. Because, guys, <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen anything like it. Because how can you come in to a team that's been playing four three three the whole season, changed up to a three four three, and then now we're so defensively sound. We're attacking. We're creating chances. I mean, Mason Mount has created ninety nine chances. I think that's behind Lionel Messi. You know, the top five leagues. I saw a stat about that this morning. And just creating so many chances. Yeah, we're not finishing. But to come in in such a short period of time and change everything, it just makes me suspicious that maybe they, the board contacted them a long time ago and said, hey, just study your players for a bit and uh, we'll see what we can do next season. I mean, that if, if that's what happened, then um, I'm a little thankful. I won't lie. Because it's, it was looking dark for, for a long time. I don't think that decision was, all, was a sudden item. It it could make sense. It's we'll we'll throw it in the conspiracy folder. We'll 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 put it we'll put it at the bottom in the conspiracy folder there. But yeah, um, then the well, not the last thing, but like yeah, going towards the back end of things that we're going to discuss today. What's the move from here? Like as as Chelsea, like what are we? Basically, I think this is like, what are we expecting next season after this? Like, it doesn't have to be like, we want a Champions League. It can even be something small, like, I'm expecting to play this formation. Like, well, what are you expecting um, this season, Simba? Well, the next season. Yeah, I think for me, bro, I think everyone can agree to this. Like, when Chelsea win Premier League, too often, the next season, we think now we can fill up the squad with filler players, which you can't do at at this level now you know and that's one thing i'm praying that we don't do this season i think from here we can only go up because looking at the the european landscape teams the, the super clubs aren't are in trouble you know you look at real madrid they're having problems um financial crisis barcelona likewise as well um juventus 
um, also in the same category. I think PSG as well, but PSG, their board structure isn't really too on point, you know, and managers are always getting hired and sacked there as well. So I think right now it's an opportunity for us to really stamp our mark on Europe, even domestically, I think it's our chance to really stamp them out and create a dynasty. And I know I'm sounding a bit too, you know, gassed or, but I really think that this, this is the right moment because you look at the way we've won the Champions League. I feel like this one for me, I don't know about you guys, I've been thinking about it for practically the last couple of days. I think this one feels more, I feel this one more rather than the first one simply because the last one was all our legends were retiring and this was their last one. So it felt like, yeah, they had to win and they went and won it. This one is like, they're winning. They've won it for the first time. And these guys are young guys, you know, Mason, Reese, all these guys, they've all won it. And they're like, what, 21, 22, all at a young age. And you just feel like these guys haven't even reached their peak, you know. And I feel like now is like the time to really go out there and just buy the best of the best. And not by second choice, third choice. Okay, you can have three top players that you want, but then we shouldn't fill our squad with filler players. I think this is the time now we should really buy elite players and really go out there and win every single trophy out there, bro. bro. Because I think the current at the current state of where football is, I don't think there are many clubs right now who have the financial backing as Chelsea or Man City. You know, so I think it's important that. With this, we, we go out there and really strengthen our team because we've got everything. We've got the academy. One of, for me, the best academy in the world. It's not even debatable. We've got the best structures um, in England from, from the men's team, the academy to women's. We've got the best of everything, you know. So I think it's really the time now to really just go out there and dominate. So, yeah, I just want I just want to see a dynasty. That's it. And I just want to see us buying the very best of the best. Yeah, I read that. I mean, like you said, it's a very young core. It's something that we can actually build up on. It's not like the 2012 item where you're like, ah, okay, we won it. Um, yeah, we'll see when more players come in. These guys are all young, like you mentioned. The, we're probably going to keep the same squad, plus a few loaned players are coming back. The GOAT Ross Barkley will be back. <laughs> but no, this, this man is mentioning the English Bruno, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's my GOAT. Leave him alone. But it will be... <laughs> like, on my side, I actually don't know what's going to happen. I think, like, that's the most interesting thing for me. Like, what's going to happen with the lone players that come back? Because we've, we've got a pretty good crop. I mean, I don't... I think Loft, the people like Loftus might just, you know, either get loaned again or sold. Um, But I feel like Barkley would offer some good relief in that formation. For example, if you put, put him in that 10 slot as a rotation player against... Like the team that he's playing for right now against Villa. And you have a Champions League game soon. Like, it would be a good rotation option. I don't know. Like, that's, that's where I'm seeing... That's where I want to see from, like, the the back players. I don't know if Bakayoko's going to come back. But if you can... If Tuchel can make, like, people like, Hey, hey, wait, wait! No, bro. Wait. No, not oh, a no. chance. Come on, man. Come oh, on. No. Not come a chance. On. Man has got baby oil on his boots, bro. Relax. Not Bakayoko. <laughs> man said Bakayoko. Not a chance. I, maybe maybe the champions champagne are still getting into my head. But um yeah, like I, I just wanna see what happens with the lone players. That that's where I wanna see like how that will, you know, take the team forward. And yeah, Tabo, where do you think is 
where do you think the team is going to go from here? Like, what, what's the move? Yes, I think, again, Diki touched on it earlier about the young players and how we can only move forward from there. Yeah, we can only move forward from there. But I don't know. For me, I had this feeling that I was starting 11. I always felt like I was starting 11 when I was young and what, 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 all the... Yeah, but when I really thought about it, we actually have, like, the perfect blend of youth and experience in the squad, within the squad. I mean, just looking at the starting 11 alone, you look at the midfield, it's, we'll go with the Champions League midfield, we'll go with Jorginho. How old is Jorginho? He's not 13, not yet. And we have Kante, I, mean, I think he's 26. 29. Yeah, we've got Kante, 29. Asp in his 30s. Thiago is in his 30s. Rudiger, there's 27, I think, 27, 28. Point is, yeah, we've got a perfect blend of youth and experience. And despite, despite the fact that, yeah, we did, we won the UCL with the squad. I still feel like it came a bit early for me. I don't know if you guys feel the same. Like this season, I did not expect winning the Champions League at all. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a target at the beginning of the of the season. So yeah, I I just feel like it came a bit early. But now that we have, for me, next season is the Premier League. I think we'd have to focus more on the Premier League than the Champions League, seeing that we've just won the Champions League. I'm sure, like it's weird, it sounds weird, but like, we have to prioritize the league over the Champions League now because we've won it, we've done it, we've completed the goal earlier than we expected. So I think next challenge now is the Prem. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, um, most most fans want the league more than anything and that that's really anything. So now, like you said, now that we've got like the best cup competition that Europe has to offer in the bag, you might as well focus on getting that Premier League. Like, you... You saw how much it meant for Liverpool, for example. Liverpool won the Champions League, but when they won the Premier League, you saw like how the reactions were. It was it was, it was deeper than rap. It was yeah, it was one of those situations where you saw that yeah, this meant a little bit more, especially with Liverpool having won at last in World War One. You know the vibes. Um, but yeah, um, now going into like the awards section. The back end of the season, we're done. We've done the most. Now I'm but just wait, gonna ask. Wait, just hold on, man. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, hit it, hit it. Just wanted to hear what I felt about the formation because I feel like I have a love hate relationship with the formation that we're currently playing, and it's like going back to the topic of moving forward. Ah. What yeah. do you like? What do you guys think is gonna happen next year? Do you think we'll, we'll switch back to the four-three-three, or I think the three-four-three? Because the both times we've used the three-four-three, <laughs> we've won the Premier League and now we've won the Champions League. But I'm not a fan of having over four defenders on the pitch. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. I want to hear what you think. Simba, take it. Let's hear. Yeah, I was actually about to say, I agree with Tabo. I think that's one of the few things I've been so critical of under Chuba, this the few things. I think I understand like where he came from. He didn't have the time, he didn't have a preseason to really implement what he wanted to. So I think he just had to use something that suits everyone. So I think next season, I feel like we might, we will definitely see a lot more formations because Chuba is very... He's flexible. He can use the four. Uh, well, just basing his time on PSG, he was using a four two two, four two three one, four three three, um, three four three, three five two. All these formations. So I think he's really flexible. And I think with the full preseason, we'll definitely see a lot more formations. And also factors in that we definitely need to buy like the right profile players to be able to play these formations. So yeah, bro, I definitely agree with you. I think for me, as much as the three four three has done its wonders this season, I feel like at times it's so limited. 
exciting because essentially you're playing what is it um three center backs with two wing backs that's five defenders plus you've got two holding midfield so essentially playing with seven defenders on the pitch and you have three attackers which if you don't have a clinical finisher you're not going to score a lot of goals which so, we didn't have like i don't know what team was doing up front ex- exactly so yeah, i definitely Timo needs to get serious exactly so i definitely agree with that I definitely agree with that that it's done its wonders, but I think next season we should see a lot more variety um, in our formation. So yeah, that's just my my take on it. Man, we rate that. Um, like I kind of I, I get what you guys are saying. Like um, I think and there's the whole standard thing of like if you have a killer formation, you always get found out the next season. You know, people people study your thing, and yeah, it then becomes a problem. So I think Tuchel being flexible like that, you know, it's gonna be crucial. I still see him bust out. To three four three the next time we play City though. What? Yeah, I think it's it's still gonna come out. It's still gonna be a very crucial formation because the way that thing shows up defense is actually insane. Like, yeah, it's we still one player DM, bro. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I still see it. I still see it pulling through. But yeah, I mean, those are next season problems. I'm still trying to live in the moment. Still trying to... I mean, it's only been... How long? It's only been like three, four days since we've won the Champions League. So, still trying to revel in the moment. And speaking of like staying within the season, um, Tabo, what do you think was on a transfer perspective, obviously? Signing of the season, who are you giving it to? That's a tough one. That's really a tough one. Considering all the issues we had, especially at the back, uh, bringing Thiago Silva and really helped a lot like broke composure within the vendors just doesn't matter who played Kurt Zuma looked like a really good defender playing alongside Thiago Silva wasn't rash composed made good decisions but I think for me Mendy the way Kepa hurt me last season we just let in too many goals players shooting from range just trying that like I'm convinced coaches in their dressing room told them encourage them to shoot try your luck Shoot, aim for top corner. Keeper can't really reach the top corner, whereas Mendy can reach. And yeah, I think, yeah, there were doubts about Mendy, about whether he talks to his back four, but we've seen how animated he is. And yeah, I think he's been pretty good. He comes up corners, he claims them pretty well. Yeah, he's had some shady moments against Leeds, I think, and another against Everton. But I think Mendy for me has been the signing of the season. So, yeah, that's, you guys agree. That, I would definitely put him up there for, for, my, for my voting. But while, while I think still, Simba, who's your signing of the season? Yeah, but. I think it's really for me it's either between two squared and uh, Mendy I think it's really it's not hard to look past them because they really contribute I think I'll maybe I'll be I'll just be a bit different I'll just say Tuko I think uh, considering what he's done in the short space of time you know he's come in he's made us look uh, a threat he's made us defensively sound and he's won us the trophy champion league so yeah I think definitely too cool but honestly just to give Mendy a shout out man I think for me Mendy's just been incredible I remember a lot of people were giving him I don't know why people earlier in the earlier part of the season people didn't really rate him for some reason and I was like you guys just see watch this guy he's just he's just a fantastic keeper he was saying just doing the the basics because yeah, we had cable, but some of the stuff that he was doing, some of the saves he was pulling off, man. I don't even want to pull out the race card, but if he was um, um a white person, people would have been giving him his clouds. I don't even I don't even want to pull it, but it is the truth. Even with his passing as well, he's the one who started the goal that we scored in the final. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely. Agree. Yeah, actually, just to point out 
your point you made about Parsi. I remember watching um, the Champions League uh, preview and I think Rio was talking about Mendy and Rio Ferdinand. He said Mendy is really good with his feet. And that kind of like, that kind of agenda, I'll call it an agenda because what, what game are you watching? Who are you watching if you're saying Mendy's not good with his feet? I think he's pretty good. He's solid. Obviously not Edison level because we saw that against yeah, Reese. Reese really recovered that time. But yeah, yeah I think Edison's pretty good. Um, I'm not saying Mendy. Has been pretty solid this season. Chilwell was a good shot as well. I think just generally all the defenders. I think we could say all the defensive signings have been sound. I think we can we can say that. Yeah. Now it's to now we have to see Saar this season coming from Porto. Oh yeah, Saar is also coming back. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting. Do you think it's gonna uh, get him though? I mean, now that Tamori is likely gone. It's all bad said about uh, the players coming back from loan. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. Mm, I mean, there's obviously like a space definitely gone with Tamori having basically sealed his AC Milan fate. So yeah, I think I think he's he's gonna get his chance. Whether he's going to be up to scratch, that's another issue. But I think he's definitely gonna get his chance. And then ah, I mean we talked about how the defense showed up um the uh, best signing of the season. How about your most frustrating player? Who was your most frustrating player to watch? I feel like this is a non starter, but yeah let's let's actually hear it. Who was your most frustrating player to watch? Um you already know what I'm gonna say man Timo Werner man <laughs> Listen, you know, right now I really don't. It does, it does. I really don't care because we just won the Champions League. But if we had lost that game, I was just gonna think about the two misses that he contributed to. That was gonna be at the back of my head. And uh, this guy, like, I, one thing I always respect about Timo, like, I critique him a lot. Kanda knows I critique him a lot. But then one thing I always give Timo is that he always has his head up. He's always got the work rate, you know. If he's not going, he's going to stretch the defense and create space for other players, you know. Of course, there's so many things he himself can improve on. His touch is just horrible. Um, finishing, we know that, yeah, he's, he's a good finisher, but he's, he wastes too many chances, way too many. So those things, feel like, yeah, he's limited and he works within a certain system so but yeah other than that yeah he has been the most frustrating but this doesn't mean he's been all that bad he has had his good moments so yeah um that's him i still love you though timo man do do man <laughs> what, what about you Tabo? i think yeah that's self-explanatory about timo bro yeah, I think Timo is right up there with the most frustrating players. I think Kovum, this is considering the whole squad, not just the new signing. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, Timo is right up there. But when Timo signed, I did say, I remember telling a couple of people that Timo is the kind of striker that needs four or five chances a game to four. That's the kind of striker he is. So first few months, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, standard Timo, Timo. But yeah, it got really frustrating in the end. Like, he's just not been good enough this season. But Timo is the obvious one. I want to give you some, you guys something to think about. I'm just going to go with Christian Pulisic. Whenever he plays, he dribbles, he dribbles, gets past one player. Now it's time for the end product, the final part. Or just pass it to someone at least. Don't get tackled. He just gives it away. When he's come, when it's time to shoot, it's funny because you just see him and Chelsea unseen on YouTube. He's just sticking them top bins. He's doing all kinds of things. But in the game, he's shank. He's putting it wide. Especially in the Champions League final. To seal the game, he put it wide. I don't know what Tushi can do to improve him. But for me, yeah, team was an obvious one, but Christian Pulisic, so yeah, Christian Pulisic, honorable mention, he has to be there. Yeah, I, I really 
I rape Christian policies, especially because of like that end product. I mean, man, man, when he actually finished his chances, he was getting compared to Hazard. Not saying that he was at that level, but you know, it showed the level of initiative that he had. And I'm not even thinking about it. Like the way you said, you guys certain chances, even the goal that he scored against Crystal Palace, that was meant to be a miss because that went like right in the roof. But yeah, hey, we'll take the goal. But yeah, I think for me, most frustrating, Timo. Yeah, Timo takes off. Uh, Pulisic honorable mention, like you, like you already said. But an extra player, if I was to, if I was forced to put an extra player on, okay, nah, I, I was gonna say Ziyech, but Ziyech is more like a slight underperforming compared to frustrating. He's just like you know the person that we saw, you know the guy that banged a free kick on us against Ajax, and it's like, hey, hey, it's not, it's not the same, it's not the same Ziyech that we have. But I think that's still to come because he's still adjusting. I love the way he pings the ball across. But yeah, I think so far, I think I'm just going to stick with those two. Like, Timo and Pulisic is going forward. Ah, nah, I'm going to put in Havertz. Havertz is very frustrating to watch. I'm not, I'm not going to act like he's a completely clean player. This guy, um, yeah, Tomo, you've got something to say as well. Yeah, come in, come in. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring up Havertz. Especially, like, the first half of the season where he would just get dispossessed so easily. I remember even Eddie complaining about it like he cannot keep the ball to save his life but I'll give him I'll give him something though to when since Tucho came he's looked like he's looked to improve actually he's been passing forwards he's been making good runs he's been leading the line well actually which makes me like think maybe in the future he can be converted to a, a striker maybe because of his height as well never know but yeah I have it he's up there but yeah I don't know what you were going to say about him. I just wanted to chat that in. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, he's, he's up there, right? But he's not up there because he's, he's disappointing up front. Like, I'll say Timo. Timo, I'll use the word disappointing because, you know, there's some chances that he is meant to put away. Pulisic, I'll also use borderline disappointing because, you know, there are some things that he was meant to do. But Havertz, he's not in that disappointing bracket. What do you think, Simba? I definitely agree. Um, Timo, Pulisic, uh, the pace merchants, isn't it? Um, <laughs> But yeah, not good. I think yeah, with Kai, like yeah, what Tabo was saying, I think the second part of the season he has definitely improved. But I think Kai, one thing I've noticed from Kai is that he always does this. Like first half of the season, he's not particularly too great, but second half he he just blows up. And I think it's just him. I don't know how he always does, but even Leverkusen they fail with him. So yeah, that, I that's the the small bit on and say. No, I I read that. I have that. And while while you're on, while you're on, we're just going to ask you, um, how about goal of the season? Who who do you think who do you think scored the most fascinating goal? This one's tough. I'm not even gonna lie. Wow. I think if I'm going to Yeah, this is tough. It's really tough. Because we don't even score a lot of goals, so <laughs> it's really tough <laughs> It's really tough picking out a great one. But I think I'll probably say between maybe Reese against Brighton on the opening day because that was a thunderbolt. And mm-hmm. then Mason's goal against Liverpool where Kante, that Kante pass and then Mason goes and scores the I wonder goal there. I think those are the two that, that really stood out for me. I can't really think of many other ones. Maybe I'm forgetting, bro. But yeah, I think those, if I'm to pick between all of them, I, I'll... Slightly, I'll just go with Reese, but it's close. I'll go, I'll go with Reese. Yeah, I don't even like you. It's not even close. That Reese James shot, it ended everything for me. Like, ah, 
it's it's definitely reached for me. Like there's there's no competition. I don't know about you, Tabo. What's your take? Yeah, I think obviously Giroud is a shout, but oh, yes. yeah, Giroud is a shout. Mount against Liverpool, yeah, you could say it. But Reese, that just came out of nowhere. I didn't even know you were capable of that. He just stuck in top pin. Didn't care who was in front of him. Didn't care what was happening. He just got the ball rifled in top corner. And yeah. And that was early into the season as well. He like Yeah, I think Reese for me without question. Channeled is in the Frank Lampard. And it was directly off all for Brighton goal as well. That's what made it funny. But like, ah yeah. I think I'll, I'm I'm definitely taking that Reese James goal because that got me off my feet. And not because it was like a big game or anything, but just simply because that was an amazing goal. Um, and that was the time, that was the same period where people were questioning Reese because how well Ted Lamptey was doing at Brighton. That's true. Silenced everyone. Silenced <laughs> everyone with it. And so it began, yeah. He, he really did silence those critics, and I appreciate it. And speaking of silencing critics, like we're just going to go straight into Tabo Stay on the mic. Who do you think had like as a player, had the best comeback this season. Mm, comeback? You can't say Mount, because Mount really never went anywhere. He's been yeah. good last season, and this season's been good. So I think Rudiger has to take the Cubs, because there were talks about Rudiger moving on, going to Spurs, and he made it public that he wants to stay at Chelsea and fight for his place. Whether he was involved with Frank Sacking, we'll never know. Speculation has it he did, but <laughs> yeah, since Tuchel come in, he's playing on that left side of a back three. He just looks so comfortable on the ball for some reason. He dribbles, he beats players. He just he looks like he's having fun there. But yeah, Rudiger for me, he takes the cup. Yeah, same. I, there's nothing more I can add there. But what about you, Simba? Yeah, I think Tabo really has said everything. I think Mr. Hustle, man, listen, I wanted him out. I remember I used to, every time this guy was on the pitch, I used to be scared because I, I thought he would just make him. He had a mistake in him, but. Man, I've never seen such a turnaround in my entire life from a Chelsea player. You know, it's just remarkable how he was labelled a fraud or not good enough under Frank. And now all of a sudden, everyone really wants him to stay. So for me, yeah, he definitely deserves his flowers. I'll put my hands up and say, yeah, uh, I apologise for, for doubting him before. I am now his biggest fan, you know. And yeah, he's he's just incredible, man. I love his heart, his warrior mentality. You know, I think sometimes that's what we actually miss in our team. So it's amazing. Mr. Also, man. That's that's my guy. You already know the vibes. My guy is out there doing his thing on his grind. But yeah, um, then just to close off the pod, y'all already know how many awards uh, our key players are in. Mason Mount. Okay, Mason Mount got shut out of the PFA thing, unfortunately. Um, he might, I don't know if he's still in the writer PFA, but the actual PFA shortlist, he got edged out by, I think, Foden and Gundogan. He's still in for squad of the season, uh, for Champions League, uh, in competition for midfield of the year, obviously, in the Champions League. Same as N'Golo Kante. Um, same as Rudiger on a defensive perspective. Reese, Chilwell, all of these guys are in contention for you know squad of the season so and yeah if you look at a certain certain players you might just you know after euros count them in for a cheeky ballon d'or as well would what awards are you seeing for these chelsea guys uh Tabo, who do you see actually getting an award i think ball is definitely up for one especially depending on how france does at the euros 
your strong favorites as well. So if everything goes to plan, I'm sure Ngolo will be in the run. Might be controversial, but be in the running for Ballon d'Or. Up there with Robert Lewandowski and who else? Who else could be up there? Maybe individually, Messi's had a great 2021. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be in the top three. Mason Mount, shot for PFA, young player of the year. But I don't know. Foden might just take that as well. Foden's had a great season. Everyone's just going ham over Foden about his touch, how he manipulates the ball. Comparing him to what Paul Gascoigne, I think everyone's just loving Phil Foden. So I think he might just take that. But if I had to pick, maybe it's the bias. I'll go with Mount for that as well. Yeah. Golo for Ballon d'Or, Mount for PFA, Young Player of the Year. That's a solid list. That's a solid list. I would, I would definitely put Golo top three as well for that Ballon d'Or competition. Simba, what are, what are we saying? Yeah, I agree with everyone. What everyone is saying. I think for me, Mason Mount, Young Player of the Season. I think it's between him and Foden. Really, I don't care about all these other star boys that people are mentioning. Mason dunked on every single star boy you can name. So yeah, it's definitely Mason Mount, Money Mason. You know. Um, then yeah, Kante. Yeah, of course, Kante. I think like what I was in front of it, really labeled as favorites. So I think if France win the Euros, I think it's not it's not even a question that I think Kante should win the Ballon d'Or. If they don't, it's really between him and Lewandowski. So yeah, I, I agree with everyone, what everyone is saying. Yeah, um there's there's a little part of me that's hoping that you know France doesn't go too far because you know France won the World Cup and Kante came back with injury for time. And uh if we run that back, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But like obviously now nah, let's that's that's a dumb thing to say. I hope that you know he maximizes his chance of getting as uh, as close as he can to that award um because yeah i think it'll be a testament to how good of a season he's had and i think if modric can have it i think Kante definitely can he's shown that he's capable france just needs to have a good run you know because like Kante definitely covers that intangible amount of that and like and also the tangible in terms of distance covered you know tackles per 90 that kind of thing Kante is all about that and yeah i think he's the gross he's the biggest i think i would obviously on a biased perspective i would give mount player of the year simply because he's played more games and having more games, you know, he's had a bigger impact, I believe, compared to Foden. That that's a very debatable thing, might be controversial. But yeah, I think I would give uh, Mount player of the season. I mean, player a young player of the season, just because of the fact that you know he wasn't he was more integral to Chelsea's success, despite us finishing fourth compared to Foden. Yeah, and that's that's my take. You heard you heard Simba's in troubles. We've come we've come to the end of the pod, boys. Um, <laughs> Ha, yeah, it's it's actually been great. Like you know, yo, Rudiger just posted. What, what did he... his wife just gave birth? Oh, oh. oh sensational! Dude. Hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> man is hustling on and off the pitch, man. <laughs> on and off the pitch, you know the vibes, dude. My God, my God, <laughs> that is lovely, man. Congrats, man. I'm actually now guest. Man, you're yeah, you're doing some stuff. Awesome stuff. Nah, great way to end the podcast. Um, but yeah, Simba, yeah. it was really nice getting, you know, with fellow champions, two stars on ah, two stars, you know, the best. Yeah, so this is the end of the episode, kids and ladies. We'll catch you all next time. Have a nice day.